Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys, and this is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show. Just two working dudes, different jobs, different lives, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, and just like Jesse Smollett, I too was slapped by Will Smith. And I'm T.T. Catman, and what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap! I'm Will Smith, bitch! <laughs> God, that was that's that's close to a Dave Chappelle thing. <laughs> I will Smith, bitch. <laughs> you know, if his show was going on right now, that might actually be a skit. It would be. <laughs> oh God! I didn't even watch it. I'll, it just kept showing up on my social media. I'm like, wait, what that happened? Will Smith hit Chris Rock as I'm looking through Facebook. Mm-hmm. I go and I'm like, and the best part about it is watching Will. Laugh his ass off at the joke, but Jade is over there just having none of all it. All pissed off, yeah. And then all of a sudden, here comes Will. Like ah. here comes here comes here comes angry Will. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, with, with the purpose walking down the, the. First of all, there is a catwalk to Chris Walk, uh, Chris Chris Rock. Like there was a freaking catwalk on that stage to him. And Chris Rock, I'm not saying this is a stage at all, but he's got his hands behind his back because he's a host. And that's what he does with his hands when he's out in a formal, you know, setting. And he's like leaning forward to see what Will Smith has. And he's in prone position. He's, he's got hands for you, big guy. That's yes, he does. So, yeah. That, <laughs> I don't know. It what? was that was so bad. I I didn't want to watch it, but we went to the the in laws and they had it on, and we watched it. And then everyone looked to me, going, "Mac, get on Twitter and find out what happened," because it was censored for all of us in live, you know, you know, real time <laughs> in America. But you know, Look, give I, I... give the internet twenty minutes, and we got the Australian feed, we got the Japanese feed, like all on Twitter with what was said, and yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, <laughs> of all the celebrities, I mean, he went full Kanye. I mean, anyway. I, I could just hear Robert Downey Jr. going, never go full Kanye. I was going to say he went full Alec Baldwin, but that's me. Okay, sure. <laughs> Can you imagine if Chris Rocket insulted Alec Baldwin? Actually, Alec Baldwin would have close fisted him. Yeah, well. <laughs> Why that, are you that, hesitating on this? Because <laughs> that, well, that actually would be like uh, assault. I think technically what it happens is battery what, was assault you and battery. Jesus Christ! It doesn't matter if it's open or closed. It just matters if you bruise. Dude, men <laughs> won't report open-handed. I'm just saying. <laughs> as as Chris Rock has said, he's not reporting it. <laughs> And that's and Will Smith wins Best Actor, and that's all. It's this cat. He won't. He can't. He won't be able to live this down forever. No, no, not at all. And you know not what? Jada doesn't paint herself in the best light ever. Uh, no, I think that that it's a very toxic relationship. They and need what to happened. not be together. Will 
just doesn't seem like Will Smith half the time. And his kids are nuts. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not her. I, I'm not trying to run anybody's family down, but there's, I mean, at least his son definitely seems off. And Jada has definitely made some questionable decisions. I'm not going to say that she was she's not a talented actress because she is. She's been in some great roles. I mean, uh, and Will Smith is Will Smith. He's always going to have a great place in my heart for the 90s, you know, for the Fresh Prince, which was hilarious. And something like the original Men in Black and some other great movies he was in that, you know, just sink into your childhood. Independence Day, sci-fi mm-hmm. legend, Will Smith, sci-fi legend. We saw that together. Yeah. Your dad took us. I think he was wondering why he took us after a while. <laughs> well, he still took us. Because you remember, remember that day. Were, I think it was. Yeah, and I think Mr. A and uh, Little E went too. Yes, yes. It was a, it was an interesting group, and we're standing there, and it's a freaking mob scene because Independence Day. They were saying it was only going to be shown like over the. Fourth of July weekend. That was part of their marketing plan. Oh God, I know I didn't fall for that. I did. I was gullible at fifteen. <laughs> but it's okay. I had I had read the book. I read the book before I saw the movie. Yeah, but it was a novelization. It wasn't like it was an originally written novel. No, it was a novelization of the screenplay, and of all the cut scenes that they had and everything. So. It was originally supposed to be the biplane that goes up into the ship, but that's fine. So, but we digress. Uh, Will Smith needs to work on uh, his marriage and whether he should really be there or not. Uh, Family issues, yada, yada. Uh, Violence is never the answer. Hey, man, you're, you're talking to a guy who voluntarily joined the military. Violence can sometimes be the answer. Civilian violence is never the answer. Look, I get it. Sticking up for your family is definitely something that a person should do. It was a mundane joke. It was not sticking up for the family. It was an unnecessary... uh, It was an unnecessary... What what do you call it? Escalation. Well, you know, you'd figure... uh, He would have just, you know, maybe caught Chris during a commercial break and said, Hey, dude, that's not cool. All right. Yep. You really, it, you really hurt her feelings, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I, but then again, what do I know? Well, the, I mean, you also have to add. I that mean, Chris supposedly... Rock, I think, dropped the N word on on an Oprah special. So, I mean, it is what it is. Why wouldn't he? Because he's Chris Rock. That, I mean, exactly. He had his <laughs> whole, like, he had this. One of the cornerstones of his early act was. The N-word versus black people. No, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm pulling I'm you out. Say, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, are, was... you, are, you are factually correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> and now it. step out of that ring. Step out of the ring. It's like, so... it's like Falcon. Zemo's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> <laughs> the man's out of line, but he's correct. <laughs> By the way, can we just say for a second before we dive into our topic, <clears throat> how much more entertaining Zemo was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier 
than he was in Civil War. I mean, he I was loved, good in Civil I loved War. This, I loved this Zemo. I, I want to see more Zemo now. I I think we will. I will say, and this is something we didn't mention, hats off to William Hurt, who passed uh, within the last few weeks. General Ross from uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think throws a monkey wrench into some of their plans, because I think they were looking into doing a Thunderbolts thing, which, of course, you would hope you'd need Thunderbolt Ross for. I mean, William Hurt was in his 70s at that point, though, wasn't he? Wasn't he 72 or something? Yes. I mean... And, and actually, when you think about it, in 2008, it was 14 years ago, he was in his 50s. He was 57 years old when he filmed The Incredible Hulk. Right. So, which is not very far away. We are closer to that age, you and I, than he was to his death age. Yes, I know, but still. Ugh! We'll God see. Damn. We'll see. I mean, I I think they kind of left it open where you might see Zemo back because he was very well received. I mean, he was so well received. Marvel even released that. Oh, he like, was great. Five, what was it, like a 10-minute Zemo cut of just <clears throat> the extended clips of scene. him dancing over yeah. and over again? Because <laughs> it's like everybody, did you see the meme where People are like yelling and arm wrestling and fighting over releasing the Snyder cut. And DC's like, no, yes. no, no. And and then it's like, release the extended Zemo cut. And Marvel's like, you got it. You got it. Yeah, that's true. That I saw that. That was great when it happened. I loved it. And I bet you probably had people go when they saw Hawkeye and the the Rogers musical numbers, like, man, I kinda like to see this full thing. And yeah. they're like <clears throat> we've got you covered even before you have to ask. You remember that end credit scene where you were hoping was yep. going to give you a hint about something else? Nope. It was there just it the full musical number. <laughs> One missed opportunity I think they had. They could have had somebody sitting in the audience who was in like an upcoming show or something. Or, or you just or, cut to uh... them at the very end of the show. Because that's what I was expecting after I was watching it. I was like, Oh, uh, well, they're going to cut in and there's going to be somebody at the end like Loki. Oh, it was Loki. <laughs> one that would have been even better is an ancient, is, is old Steve Rogers sitting in there. Oh, no, sir. I don't think I will. <laughs> that would have been great. Sitting next Actually, to that would have been going, fantastic. Sitting next to Bucky going, dude, it didn't happen like this. This isn't how it worked out. <laughs> or Loki. Loki would have been good. That, no, that would Steve have been a Rogers good one. Have, Steve Rogers would have been the 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 piece pièce de resistance. <laughs> but anyway, today's episode revolves around, and I a thought I had while driving. You know, we were. I remember uh, sometimes, Mac. I do uh, listen to. Our podcast to see if there's I think things it's every that... time, but that's okay. Well, I mean, like sometimes I'll be driving and and listening to it, and you know, trying to figure out ways I can improve things that maybe topics that maybe we underserved what we were discussing, or maybe follow ups to earlier topics. And 
just to kind of make notes about our, you know, how we've progressing. And uh, we talked a lot about things like Canon and how uh, there's been changes to movies and remastering and stuff over the years. I mean, when we were talking in this musical score, we had an entire debate. Yub Nub versus the Victory Celebration theme change. Love the Victory Celebration theme. Me too, uh, which we (laughs) mentioned before. But that Mm -hmm. got me thinking, what are the pros and cons of some of the... Because, you know, a a lot of these sci-fi, superhero, all these classics are getting, like, updates. And I'm not talking about reboots or anything, but, like, remastering and digital enhancement as well as special editions where you're adding in uncut scene or you know scenes that have been cut and uh or uh, like the snyder verse is basically another it's an alternate version it's like the director's cut or like the donner cut of superman 2 so i think we should talk about today some of the pros and cons about remastering and um special edition extended versions of some of our classic TV shows and movies. Okay. That's my thought. Now, okay, I now I, I agree. I think okay. <laughs> so, we've got I have an overall verdict on how I feel about these things. Now, I'm not sure if I should share this now or at the end because I don't know how the end is going to turn out. Well, why don't we do this? You go ahead and give us your starting position, and then we can do some discussion. You can either, you know, you can defend your position, and then you can tell me at the end whether or not any of your position has changed. Okay. Here's here's how I... All right. Uh, Oh, man. Okay. This is me in a nutshell when it comes to... Uh, special versions versus the original. Help, help, I'm in a nutshell. How did I uh, get in this nutshell? (laughs) I have a photo scanner, and it's a rapid photo scanner. So you can put, like, 30 photos in a stack at a time, and it'll rapidly scan them all Uh within, like, 10 seconds. And then you can put the next stack in and do that. I I went through about 400 photos doing that, like, my wife got it for me for Father's Day. The thing gave me an option of original scan versus HDR enhanced scan. And it said you can have the original scan or the HDR scan or both. And you know what I did? Both? I did both. To see what the difference was? I wanted to see what the difference was, and I did not like the idea of losing the original versus what the enhanced HDR version could have been. I completely love what the end product is that was supposed to be versus what the auteur's version was. And as someone who was and did this (laughs) as I got older, took my high school films and finally having the technology to be able to edit them the way I wanted to edit them, Mm. re-edited them and added the scenes that I couldn't do and the music styles and the sound effects that I couldn't do when I first made them. Like the Virginia Project? The Virginia Project, 
Forest Uth. I actually added gunfire in Forest Uth. Do you remember that? You I, figured I, I, prominently I, in Forest Uth. Well, yeah, which is I, a take I, up a Forest Gump. It was a. It was a. Uh, yeah, I know. I was uh, more of the red shirt in that, though. I just I was always seen in the background. Spoke, but you spoke. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair you enough. Died a hero's death. I always like to believe that I I didn't, but. Uh, <laughs> You didn't have to die with ketchup on your face during a mosquito-ridden day, though. So <laughs> Yeah. Which, by the way, do you ever speak to any of those guys? No. No. Nah. I mean, I talked to I talked to my brother who was in it. Oh, wait. No, he wasn't. Shit. <laughs> no. I don't speak to any of them. Fair enough. Like, you, you speak to more of them than I do. So... <laughs> well, considering I speak to none of those guys... Then, at all yeah no. oh all right. you. oh shit well there we go <laughs> i mean i i i was kind of friendly with kw for a while um but it's just it wasn't any sort of falling out just i haven't heard from the guy in years that's all no life it's just life streams takes us different places exactly it is what it is so. so you know aside from that i understand the value of the original product because I actually have the original films that I made and I also have the original the the new edited versions that I wanted that I originally envisioned now the question is do I prefer the original George Lucas cuts versus what he brings out in 1997 and I say I want both of them Because, uh, I mean, he's done so many different versions now. I know, and 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 you know, it should have stopped. It it's it it should have stopped at 1997, when he had that chance, and now he's going through that auteurs. You know, like, well, there's always something more I can tweak, something more that I can change. Well, how about? But he doesn't put the can on top of it, and no. that's the trap that we're talking about right now. I think I think that that's where you were going like our our remakes or what is it redos or enhanced versions necessary in a world where we have perfectly good original versions. Well, look, I get it for like, special editions. Well, let's take let's take a new hope, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. When they have the Vaseline on the lens. For the snow, for the uh, sand speeder sketch, you know that part where the sand speeder is. They yeah. used basically a little Vaseline or something on the lens to kind of make it look like it's hovering, uh, and kind of gives it almost that um, that heat on the desert look. Anyway, yeah. But in the you know in 1997, he was able to digitally just zoop, clear all that shit out of there. And right. I get it. There is something to be said to for restoring you know, the film and and having it, you know, put on HD and stuff like that, which just makes it a sharper picture. It cleans it up. No problem with that. That's always I think that's always a good thing. Especially and we if should say that the sci fi genre was or brought this whole thing on. Really? Yeah. Because then this will bring into a. Some of it will lead to. An offshoot, which I'll discuss later, 
Right. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, uh, like, so we start watching. Well, let's let's start with Star Wars: A New Hope is the prime example, right? It's the one that he did the most digitally up updating to, right? Yes. Added four and a half minutes of new footage. Well, to they the brought movie. they brought back in that cut scene of Jabba the Hutt, right? Mm -hmm. So you have Jabba the Hutt, which was played by a human in the original cut scene. And there's some discussion as to whether or not Jabba was originally intended as such, or was that somebody who was kind of like Jabba's persona kind of guy out there, you know, like a, not like a doppelganger, but like. Honestly, I really don't care. But, I mean, it, because it never made the original cut, so it could be whatever we want. It, it wasn't a bad scene, but the CGI hut wasn't great. And then you it had to It was great for 1997. Right. And then you have this awkward... It wasn't great for Blu-ray. You have a couple of awkward cuts where you can clearly see that they like had to like move Han Solo in a jerky manner. Up like on, the, on the tail and down the tail. On the tail. And it's the same thing with the whole little head move for the shootout with Greedo. Mm -hmm. The whole Greedo shoots first, and then the later edition, Greedo shoots at the same time. It just looks faker, especially when you've got the whole Han neck kind of moving like a... <laughs> Like he's in the uh, Bengals walk, like an Egyptian video. <laughs> but he, uh, so there were some issues like that. But other things cleaning up, not bad. You know, of course, they remastered, you know, they've repeatedly remastered, you know, uh, Blu-ray HD 4K so that these big movies are getting just, you know, even the older ones when they can find ways to, digitally enhance the picture, make it clearer, sharper. They should just brighter. stop with that. They they I mean, I get it. I understand it, but they should just stop because at, at some point you're not you're not enhancing the film anymore. You're changing the film. All right. Well here's a question I have for you. When you see like extended versions of movies which have added cuts cut scenes to them. Sure. Occasionally some of them oh, have you ever looked at a uh, at a deleted scene and go, why was this taken out of the movie? All the time. All the time. And it's really because it's runtime. Right. And I think they brought back in the big Starklighter scene at, you know, at the base where Luke catches up with Biggs and he kind of talks him up for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know... Like, hey, this is my friend from Tatooine. Which then... They did bring that in in the special edition, didn't they? Yes. Not the not the on Tatooine part where Biggs comes back in the, the Tashi Station scene. Which there's a lot of footage no. of out there. There is a lot, apparently. Yeah, there was like a three-minute segment that got mm -hmm. cut. Which, when you see... See, that adding to it makes Biggs' death over the Death Star, even the, the additional scene that they did add in, where the, Luke catches up with him, at, you know, and talks for a few minutes um, at on Yavin, it definitely makes Luke's reaction, you know, where he's like, kind of has this like stunned look, you know, makes that a little more deep. 
if you were to add all the big stuff in, you know, even in the beginning uh, scene where they're like at Toshi Station dicking around and then seeing the space battle, um, I think that all, yeah, I'm sure there were some pacing issues and maybe it slows it down, but you can almost see why, you know, that's why Luke is more effective. Biggs really was his, was a close friend with somebody he looked up to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, no. Um, and that's understood. And I actually, uh, I mean, <laughs> this, this, this argument gets muddled, muddled when I bring this up. But if you look at how Star Wars was saved um, by the, what was it, by the edit on YouTube. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but I, I I heard that it was Lucas's wife that basically cut this thing. She completely like a- re-edited the thing. She used R2-D2 to fill in, like, um, uh, dialogue gaps and, and everything. Um, it, it was... You just watch it. It's a 20-minute little thing. Uh, it, uh, it basically explains how the A New Hope We Have came to be, because the original... Uh, Death Star scene was 45 minutes of space battles and it went nowhere. And, and it was his, his ex-wife that, that figured it all out, put it together in like a 15-minute thing, vignette. And you'll see that no one on screen says that the Death Star is coming around to shoot Yavin. No one on screen says it. It's all off-screen audit, uh, audio edits. Yeah, well, they did a good job with that. And yes. I, I'll, I'll tell you, when you're a young kid and you've never seen Star Wars in the movie theater, and then they bring your favorite movies into the movie theater and they touch it up when you're, you know, still a diehard nerd as a kid. Mm-hmm. You're like anywhere 15, 16 years old. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Look at all these new things they added. Oh, the explosion's bigger. Hey, there's like three times as many starfighters in this scene. Yeah. So then it just starts getting. Yes, it did very much look like the Praxis explosion. It was the Praxis ring because ILM did the Praxis ring Ah. in Star Trek Six. So. (laughs) So it was just reusing. It was. It was saving money. I mean. (laughs) Well, fair enough, but still, it was. I mean. It made a shitload of money into special editions because people went to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there was like an entire generation of kids who'd never seen it in the theater, right? So, mm-hmm. so you go, and then yeah, in later rewatches, like the big Ronto that just walks in front of the screen in Moss Eisley, like ah. that was completely unnecessary. I know that Lucas wanted. Was trying but to I was utterly delighted just... by it as as a 16-year-old. Yes, but as a 40-year-old, I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> All the other shit in the back, background stuff, off to the side, that works. Not covering oh, the screen. My God. That came out 25 years ago. Right. But then when you think about, you can see stuff that Lucas knew he wanted to do. Like when they had the, the digital stormtrooper on the dewlap that was walking through instead of the guy on the one that wouldn't fucking work. Yeah, just the, the, 
the cardboard cutout. <laughs> I think we're being too literal. You idiot. You heard him. He said, comb the desert. Comb the desert. <laughs> we ain't, we ain't found, found shit. shit. Tim Russ. <laughs> that was Tim Russ. That was Tim Russ? That was Tim I did not Russ. know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> if only they were able to do that in Voyager at some point. <laughs> Like, just, like, like some off the cuff, we ain't found nothing or something. I mean, just do something. Like, comb the desert. We ain't found nothing. <laughs> One of the most immersively involved actors in the Star Trek community. Oh, my God, yes, absolutely. He was in The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Generations, and this is all before he became Tuvok. Yes. Uh, he was a big fan. He was a professed fan. Right. He is a professed fan. I mean, he, he, he was on the Orville. He was on the Orville. Yep. And he and didn't really... find shit in the desert. He didn't find Mel shit. Brooke, <laughs> which is pretty cool when you, when you look it up and you're like, right. no way, that was him? Right. Right. <laughs> really just makes his sci-fi cred just like absolutely better. Right. So, uh, all right. So we can argue but, all we want. And, and I, I want to make this point because, you know, how do special editions affect what the original artwork should be? And I understand the idea of the author or the artist wanting to do better on the art that they couldn't get right the first time because yeah. they didn't have the right expertise or they didn't have the right technology at the time. Right. And, like and, what and George the ads Lucas they made to Cloud City, where they had right. where they edited in more windows so it looked prettier, less prettier, draft. wider open. Yeah, yeah, made exactly. it look more like what they were telling you about, but you didn't really see. You were out in the clouds, like right. and that's that's where you were, and it was and like that, you had all the sunlight in the world. Right, and it didn't take you out of the movie. No, it did not. And I mean, the only time it took you out of the movie with these special editions, I I will argue that the the A New Hope did not take me out with all those special editions because he took a lot of stuff out of the original cut. Okay, but it's when you start adding things that weren't in the original cut that's when you have the problem. And when we go Turn of the Jedi. With the band scene. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the Jedi Rocks. The Jedi Rocks scene. That's Jedi. a problem. And I know that they added Boba Fett into a couple of scenes just to give him a little more screen time, even though he did not. That's passive. Do, they didn't do or he didn't do or say anything. He just makes no. more Boba. And that's fine. I'm okay with passive changes like that. It's when you add more that changes the overall movie. Well, I liked at the end, I know I we've already discussed the music, but I liked the expanded celebration across the galaxy. Yes. At the end of Return of the Jedi. Yes. I mean, I think that was that was really neat. I, I agree. And it was prettier. It was a better send off. And now 
and the, let's let's add on after the special after the prequels came on, he added more scenes from the prequels into that victory scene. He showed yeah. scenes from Naboo. Naboo. He showed well, maybe it was just Naboo. I think it might have just been Naboo because I think they showed Coruscant. In they showed the Coruscant edition. in the special edition. Yeah, and I think that, that was our was first to, look of that. I think it was to tease it for the upcoming Phantom Menace. Honestly. Yes, it was. It absolutely was. Now, uh, yeah. downside of that, uh, or, well, there's a debate. The special edition, did you like, yay or nay, Hayden Christensen as uh, Anakin Skywalker at the end of Jedi? Um... I will allow it because everyone has an idealized version of themselves. And usually it's their younger version. Well, and Aiden Christensen was last human when he looked like that. Well, then why? Did, uh, okay. But Luke doesn't know him, right? So it's just like photoshopping in you and McGregor as younger Obi-Wan. Yeah. And I'm not saying it makes sense. I mean, I can understand that one particular aspect. Why would, why would, yeah, why wouldn't uh, Ewan McGregor have been in there instead of, uh, what, what's his, oh my God, what's his Sebastian, name? Sh- <laughs> Sebastian Shaw was the guy who played old Anakin Skywalker. Are you thinking but Sir I'm, Alec Guinness? Alec Guinness. Why, you know, why, why not put Ewan McGregor in instead of Alec? McGinnis or the the young Guinness, the young Guinness like the beer Guinness yeah oh I'm sorry I said Mick Guinness yes well he was such a good actor I want to give him an Irish prop so he is yeah. Irish I know I know uh, don't 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 go off on me please <laughs> I already had a dream that you punched the shit out of me last night uh, I had told you to should stop I be it. concerned that you're <laughs> dreaming about me or, I'm having I'm I'm concerned that you're abusing me. So <laughs> look, I'm not even willing to take that thing from my wife where I where she'll yell at me for something I did in my dream. She doesn't really do that, but she goes, I had this dream where you're doing this stuff. I'm like, I do not control your dreams. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh anyway, moving on. <laughs> That should be edited out. No, it's not. It's not going to be edited out. So, Alec Guinness... In the I mean, special he, edition, it'll be enhanced. Yes, it will. And we'll actually have their voices, Alec Guinness's voice in here talking instead. My um, name is not McGuinness. <laughs> you should know that by now. <laughs> hey, that wasn't a bad accent. Only a master of evil, Mac. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not a master of good um, <laughs> in, in uh, ethics or ability. Um, Dreams of mediocrity? All the mediocrity. All of it. <laughs> maybe, and maybe that's too grandiose. So. <laughs> um, but no, OK. All right. So I understand the whole, you know, Hayden Christensen. You know, giving the form that he gave. 
and all I can say is that Obi-Wan was comfortable with his form there and Yoda was comfortable with his form there. Uh, that's all I can say. I can't explain it. I'm only just describing the difference. That's it. I'm just putting a fan's opinion in to describe the difference. Well, here's what I think. The next special edition, edit all of those guys out and just have a glowing Favreau and Filoni. Hmm. You're laughing. I I don't I don't see why. I, <laughs> I just because what? those no. are the true those are the true heroes of Star Wars right now. I guess I guess. <laughs> okay, you can have Lucas in the middle with Favreau and Filoni on either side. Oh, Jesus Christ! All I'm right. surprised uh, that has to become a meme somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure it has. All I right, posted so back in 2012. Star, Star Wars has special editioned it to shit. Right? They've They've gone back and forth with Darth Vader's no in like two different movies, both like either at extending or shortening them. Well, OK. And again, I'm going to make this argument real quick. OK, I understand the author wanting to go back and make the changes that they wanted to make to give that original vision because of technological inefficiencies sure. before. Agreed. Like, and I'm okay with that. Don't erase the original version, though, because we want that too. You mean because we want to? We want to see both because we want to see where you were and what was the original film that actually influenced us versus where you wanted to be and where you got. Great, give us both. I'm happy with that. And as long as it doesn't change the overall gestalt of what these stories are, I'm fine. Now, let us get to E.T., the special edition. Shall we? Oh, is this where, <laughs> where they're added into the Phantom Menace? No. No, they were not added in. They were originally part of the original cut. E.T., the special edition. I know. We looked, We saw them in the movie. Did you? You and I, I think we both saw it. We're like, no, 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 no. E.T.? E.T., e. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. No, I'm talking about the they re-released E.T. in 2004 or 2003. I have not, I have not seen the uh, adjusted version. Oh, instead of a kid in a Yoda costume, is it actually a digital Yoda walking across? Negative. That would have been awesome, though. Um, no, it was the special edition where they had E.T. as CGI and when he was running from the government people in the in the uh, forest, he was hopping six feet in the air, getting away from them. And you oh. saw this big glowing heart, boom, 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 in the distance in the forest. And no one was carrying guns. They edited the guns out, and they put in walkie-talkies. So they were holding walkie-talkies like this. Yeah, that's awful. Like, and I and, think that ru that ruins. I think. Just how I think that ruins the feel of the movie. The whole movie. I mean, it that erased what the movie was. We're not talking about the author's original vision because what we saw in the theaters was Spielberg's original vision. He admittedly was saying that he was kowtowing to the parents' television council and the special interest groups to get rid of guns in a kid's movie. Okay, first so that off, so that they can air that. it. I know. I agree. Look, I know you can still go and find Yosemite Sam shooting at 
Bugs Bunny on TV. Yeah. Look, I understand, but they did they actually kill fucking E.T. with guns? No, they never shot. They never fired a single shot. Exactly. They just had guns. Exactly. I, I kid you not, and this is going to get me into a soapbox. I'm not saying that we need to inundate children with violence. But the more you remove these things from their lives without proper education, the more dangerous it becomes. A gun Absolutely. is a tool, okay? It, ha- it can be used in many horrible ways. But one of the things that you see when people shoot each other accidentally and whatnot is a lot of it is lack of proper training on how to handle a weapon. Exactly. First exactly. and foremost, you never point and a gun storage. at anything you don't intend to shoot. And you don't shoot anything you don't intend to kill. Even when even when unloaded. Exactly. All right? Nope. You always treat a gun like it's loaded. And you check it twice before you... You check it right. twice to be unloaded before you use it, before you handle it. Right. You keep it secure. You keep it safe. You do smart things. You clean it. Okay? It's the same thing with knives. Okay? Oh, I just leave them out around. Do you just go and grab them by knives. the blade, or do you use by the handle? Do you walk with them in a safe manner? Scissors. Yeah. Do you handle scissors in a safe manner? Okay, look, yes, I know guns are a, 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 a very divisive topic, and I completely understand that. But again, and they were a huge divisive topic back in 2003. Huge. It's still a divisive topic, but still, you cannot edit out life. No. And... Okay. Let's be clear here. Why why would E.T. be running away from a bunch of guys with walkie-talkies? Right. Well, yeah. Oh, no, he's oh, going to talk part, to the guy next to him. The best part is when the kids, when they were all trying to get away from all the government agents near the end to get to the field, and they, they fly over the, the blockade. Like, they actually edit in walkie-talkie sounds instead of gun sounds. Like, because <laughs> all the agents are, where, are holding... no. None of them shot in the first film anyway, but they're just holding like they they did cock sounds in the first film, but in the second in the the special edition it was walkie talkie sounds like <laughs> like that that is terrible. Now and agreed, I have that version on DVD. I be have ashamed. it. Be very ashamed. No, I didn't buy it, but I have it on DVD. It was a gift. And guess what? It's your favorite that coaster version, now. Nope. That version has never aired on cable. It was released on DVD, and it has never aired on cable. The original version has always aired on cable. Do you know why? Do you know why? Many people are afraid to cross Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no. Well, yes, actually. No, that's true. You are absolutely correct. Do you know who did cross Steven Spielberg to shame him? Harvey Weinstein. No, but Steven Spielberg was truly shamed. Do you want one more guess, or do you want me to just tell you? Because it's not a game. I'll I'll just tell you. Yeah, this I'm not I'm not five. Go ahead. Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park. They shamed him for what? The cheesy special edition. 
Yes, they did. They shamed Spielberg because in the rumor works, there was talk about giving a special edition of Indiana Jones and and the um the first movie. What was it called? Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And what they did was they lambasted him with the two episode special about putting Ewoks in in the special and and taking all the guns out and putting in walkie talkies and <laughs> and and the boys the boys of South Park did everything they could to try to get rid of it and <laughs> Steven Spielberg was this really mean character and George Lucas was like this beaten housewife like just like this 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 woman that this person that was just in such a destructive relationship that he was just like oh, oh. Okay, Stephen, we'll do that. <laughs> it was just so bad. And after the air of that episode, and this is like a 2003, all right? I mean, if you have HBO Max, you can find this episode. Um, Why would it be on that, HBO Max? Shouldn't it be on... Um, you would think, but Paramount HBO Max Park? has the rights to the new episodes of South Park. <laughs> oh it's the God. only reason why Paramount is still alive right now. Um, after the episode aired, Steven Spielberg, according to Matt Parker, or, or Trey Parker and Matt Stone, sent them the nicest, meanest letter that they had ever received. <laughs> and as it turns out, that project for the Raiders uh, special edition died. So we do have South Park to add uh, on our list of people that we should thank for getting rid of these superfluous special editions. Well, my friend, would you say that the South Park guys had the stones to tell Spielberg not to mess with his legacy? Seriously? God damn it. You, you had that, you (laughs) had that fucking chamber and you were just, Oh my God. You couldn't wait to get that shit out. Jesus Christ. You know who you're talking to. <laughs> I do. Why does I'm this wildly, surprise you? I'm wildly more disappointed in myself for not seeing it. I'm always God disappointed in you. <laughs> Shut up. I know that. <laughs> I don't need that expressed every damn time. So. <laughs> well, I figured since I'd just been binge-watching you know, Yellowstone, I would just remind people closest to me how much they disappoint me on a daily basis. That show is very good in showing how that's done. (laughs) But I will say this. That that, uh, South Park really put the kibosh on the whole Hollywood wanting to grab more money on Hollywood classics by adding more scenes in or changing things up and like kind of feasting on the appetite of like the audience wanting to see something different in their classics and that, but ruining the classics that lasted for like three minutes before it literally lasted like three years after return of the Jedi, four years, maybe because everyone else was playing catch up at that point. Right. Well, Oh, I mean, but this isn't the first time we've done it. Ted Turner started colorizing all of these old, black and white movies god the mgm films yeah and if you look at them they're all like pastel colors they're 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 color blocks yeah 
And it's all like, it looks like paint by numbers with the only thing you got is pastels. I mean, it's, it's just, it looked tacky. I'm so glad that they really got kind of got rid of that stuff. They really did. I don't see colorized films very much anymore, especially no. on the streaming platforms. Now, my friends, this proves that we have a deeper depth than just the golden age of sci-fi <laughs> in the late 90s. Okay? Uh-huh. So, like, all those old John Wayne movies and World War II movies that they colorized, it was just, I'm glad that they went away with that. because. And by the way, oh, go ahead, sorry. Because you know the world didn't turn color until 1943. No, it was 1939. Yeah, that's that's the world <laughs> Everyone was black knows that. white before then. <laughs> no, but if you ever get the chance to see the old classic westerns that were filmed in glorious film with that that deep color restored in 4K. My like God, those are like those Technicolor, like Rio the, or like uh, you or know. the Big Muddy with um. Oh, the guy that played the guy that played Chris Christopher Pike in Jeffrey uh, Hunter, the Jeff, Jeffrey Hunter in the Big Muddy. My God, that is a gorgeous film, dude. You've got to watch the Searchers if you haven't seen that. I haven't. I do. I do need to see that. It is one but, of the best. One of the darkest. Uh, of John Wayne's movies. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And really, it was it was John Wayne and Jeffrey Hunter side by side for ninety percent of that movie. I mean, he was the number two guy the whole movie. Oh man, I I I I wonder how Jeffrey Hunter's uh, career just went sideways. It never should have. Or wasn't it booze? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Was he a bad person to work with? Was he tough to work with? I think it was an alcoholism thing. But anyway. He did die of alcoholism, but it was I I thought it was brought on by his career. Like his lack of uh, A films and things like that. Well, he was in some pretty damn good ones. Yeah. Well, that's another dive for another day, but hats off to Jeffrey Hunter. So. Yep. So. But that definitely, I think that detracted from those classic movies, don't you? Oh, uh, colorizing? Yeah, absolutely. I would have rather watched, you know, uh, Fort Apache in black and white than, you know, colorized. Well, now they're restoring the black and white films in a glorious 4K. And my God, they look. I mean, there's so much to see in black and white in 4K. It is amazing. Well, I mean, if you go ahead and watch any John Ford film, the cinematography was gorgeous in them anyway. I mean, you look at Twilight Zone. Yeah. Monument Twilight Zone. So, yeah, I completely get it, but... that was a negative. I, I, I think I understand the reason why. It's like, hmm, I wonder what these movies look would have looked like in color. Well, here we are. Let's just <laughs> let's just spill some watercolors on this classic <laughs> film and see what happens. And that's how I grew up on watching the majority of uh, uh, Shirley Temple films. 
They were, they were all colorized films on Disney Channel. They went back when Disney Channel was a special paid channel in its own tier with HBO and stuff. Yeah. Hey, you're, you know what my favorite Shirley Temple movie is? Oh, uh, don't say Bright Eyes. Fort Apache with John Wayne and Henry Fonda. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? She, she was, was in that? She was the general's daughter. No way. Yeah, she was like 17, 18 years old. Oh, my God. I mean, she had a career. I mean, she only recently died. You Well, she didn't she become a U.N. ambassador? Wasn't she the she ambassador did. of the United Nations? I mean, she was one of those movie stars where you're like, she's still alive? Like, Well, because she quit acting like, you know, 50 years, you know. Yeah, like in her late 20s or early 30s or something. Yeah. Henry Fonda. Look at that. She died in 2014. God damn. I mean, that was well after the Internet. She was and, uh, a United States ambassador to Ghana and Czechoslovakia and served as chief of protocol to the United States. Wow. I mean, this woman was a straight badass. She and was the extremely intelligent. Yeah, she was the she she was the ambassador to the Czech to Czechoslovakia under George Bush. God damn. And that was during the real bad times of Czechoslovakia. Well, when it was falling apart. Yeah, when it was falling apart, civil war with Yugoslavia. Holy shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, she was married to her, uh... She was married to her co-star from Fort Apache. Wow. First marriage. Didn't last that long. Right. Oh, of course. I mean, that's just how Hollywood worked. Works. Well, my so. my good friends, as you can see, we actually have a pretty decent depth of film knowledge here, and the colorization of TV or of old TV and, and movies was, I think, one of the on the con ends of these remastering. The fact that you don't see them anymore is putting them in four K is obviously a plus. Anything you can do to enhance what was already there is i think a win Mm -hmm. now i have a question for you my friend because this falls into the other tenant or great tent pole of science fiction that we discuss star trek now when they remastered the next generation it really Mm -hmm. just cleaned a lot of stuff up you know the enterprise just looks that much prettier and you know the earlier seasons just have this kind of washed colors particularly the special effects because it was the late 80s but as you got later you know like best of both worlds by the early 90s best of both worlds special effects were really good they still used a decent amount of practical effects good models Mm -hmm. but let's talk about the original series Ooh. okay so when they original they, series filled on they, fil- uh, filmed on film. When they did the remastered, I think Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did a complete overhaul. Now, of course, when you're watching the episodes and they're on a planet, I mean, the clearer everything is, the easier it is to see it's a dude in a costume. Yes, it is. 
but still the you know the the picture is sharper and uh the sound is better you can hear things a little better obviously you know they've probably digitally enhanced a few sounds but what do you think of all the computer generated upgrades of the enterprise and the ships that they run into and the planets and such um and that's right, really we're... a good case of <laughs> putting something in that you know they wanted to do back then. Yes, and and I, I'm going to stick with my assertion as I did with the original trilogy of Star Wars. I appreciate what they did because they wanted to make it look more seamless, and they just they just wanted to add a specialness to the four the 4K because. Honestly, when you take this to a studio, we're going to and you go, we're going to take this nearly 50 year old TV series and we're going to put it in 4K and we're going to resell it. And the studio is like, that's going to take millions of dollars. And like, yes, it will. And they're like, will people buy it? We don't know, but we think they will. And they're like, well, the studio head will be like, what if we upgrade the effects? That'll guarantee people from a younger generation might like it, too. And those producers are like, we will do that because we want to restore the original vision. And, and we what, want money. And we want money. And that's the, that's what everyone said. We all want more money. And that was a way to money, make money. Money, 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 It all comes down to money. Money. <laughs> I will say this. The, the special edition effects for the TOS are done in the original theme of the original effects. You know what I mean? They're just clearer. You obvious. I mean, they don't look anywhere of the like grade. The blue of phasers TNG. from on the enterprise. Yeah. Like they don't look anywhere of the grade of TNG or anything like that. It's just clearer. Uh, it's obviously not a model, but they've got yeah, better looking. It is. I mean, and all of these, you know, kit bash little junk ships that they would set up. You know, or that they wouldn't even show because they didn't have. It's like, oh, we're chasing this, and they're looking at nothing on the screen, right? You know? But now you'll see actually what some of these ships look like. That I didn't realize, and I'm not a fan of that. But I, I, I but I, I will say this: they stuck with the original theme of the show. As long as we have access to the original cuts, I'm fine with what they wanted to do to improve upon the show and its storytelling abilities. Well, they didn't add an unnecessary scene of Spock rocks. No. But as long again, I want access to the original <clears throat> cuts. I don't think they, that they've given that to us. Which I, I think, I, you know, I haven't gone back to Paramount Plus and looked that up. Interesting. Well, have you what, noticed that? What? On Paramount Plus, if they have the original cuts or the 4K cuts or. No, I think it's the enhanced cuts for everything. Hmm. Now. I don't like that. You're only anyway. going to find the original cut on, on certain things, so. Well, that just means I have to buy the original DVD. Relax. Good luck to me. Yep. Enjoy hunting eBay and spending way too much money. <laughs> so, 
you kind of like it on the original series. I don't dislike it. I do. I do like the idea of it. But again, give me access to the original so that I know where they were and where we are, because we know that this isn't what they could do back then. And and erasing what they could do back then is erasing part of our history. Well, go ahead and look in the the most recent. Look up the most recent uh, releases, and maybe. They'll have some of those featurettes that they like to do on DVDs where it's like, uh, they might. Here's what we started with, and here's what, here's what we did. You know what did a pretty good job of that was what we left behind when they showed you how they remastered mm-hmm. the scenes. So there's like two whole minutes of stuff from Deep... Like all the clips I think they showed on uh, from Deep Space Nine were digitally remastered in like HD. Yes. But that's it. Those are the only scenes. The ones they put into the documentary were the only ones that were like digitally enhanced. They still have not done DS9 and Voyager. They have done it for the next generation and they're better. But the DVDs didn't sell very well. So Paramount's sitting here going like, well, why do we want to invest all the money in DS9, which will take more money because they use more digital effects in DS9 and almost all digital effects in Voyager, which will cost a lot more money. Do it. Is that that'll really put it? And you're you, they may just have to suck it up and go drop it right on its streaming service because it'll bring more people back to the streaming service too. Yep. Well, I just sent you a I just sent you a, a an article that I read yesterday talking about a trekker that literally restored all of Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager to HD 720p. Oh yeah, I, I using I his saw algorithm. I just hadn't read it yet. He used that algorithm, and he was able to do it for pennies on the dime or pennies on the dollar. Well, maybe Paramount should take a, a page out of Disney's book and hire this guy like Disney did when they found the deep fake <laughs> Luke Skywalker. I know. Exactly. I'm just saying. Start Paramount's throwing... not smart enough to do that. Well, yeah. We've already <laughs> talked about the whole Axanar shit. But anyway. So, okay. So, Star Trek's a little bit of a mixed bag. But you can't say when they showed the pictures of the battles from the Dominion War and what you left behind. Oh, it's gorgeous. HD, I, wanted, I wanted more I mean, of that. they were... I, I've rewatched the DVDs even recently um, and the non-updated stuff on like Netflix and it still holds up pretty well. Oh, absolutely. It looks great. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean, it's not as sharp as, as you you're normally used to now. And by the way, but with, with TNG, I've noticed like there are little things like in data's day, when uh, Picard is uh, talking to <laughs> it, when Picard and the the Vulcan quote unquote Vulcan ambassador are talking to the Romulan before yeah. the Vulcan ambassador goes over, uh, Patrick Stewart is like starting to nod off, standing up. You couldn't see that in the non HD version, but you could see that. Like you get to see that. You get to see scuffs in the in the sets or like. Uh, gaffer's tape to show to show where their blocking is sometimes because you know they forgot to take that out and you couldn't see it in standard definition and i love seeing that that's so much fun 
Well, when you remaster that, though, you can actually take that out. You can take out the the little seams that you'll sometimes see along the view screen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that. that they should, though. I want them to keep that in. Again, well, that's part of their history. That's what well, they were. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, again, <laughs> that brings it back to its lower budget days. It shows what we had back then. It just you, gives us a clearer view of the past. All right. You want to know something I saw recently that not only took me out of the episode, but pissed me the fuck off. All right. Remember at the vet when we spent 50, we spent like 20 minutes talking about the cameo and the end of um, the last this past season of Discovery. Oh my God. I promised I was not going to bring this up. You're doing this? No. Stop. Take a deep <laughs> breath and listen. Do you remember when they pull out from and they no, show I didn't see that episode? You didn't? No, I didn't see the episode. When you watch the episode, the special effects were terrible. It looked like really? Babylon 5 type effects from the mid 90s. Really? 1994? Like very blocky and Ugh. not sharp and like really old looking special effects digital effects of like starfleet headquarters and stuff it was not good it oh. really took me out That's go back and watch it you watch the just watch the end it, it popped up i think towards the beginning of the, uh, episode two but if you watch the end i think they do like a camera pullback you re remember in deep space nine's finale the camera pullback from oh that was gorgeous space? it was great and that was the only time the digital version of Deep Space Nine appeared in the entire yeah. series. Mm hmm And so this one, oh my God, it was so fake looking. That's a bummer. Whether or not you like what they do with the ships on Discovery or whatever, but they're generally pretty well rendered. Mm. Discovery is a beautifully rendered starship. Mm. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, but it's no, beautifully yeah, there's no sense to it whatsoever. So there's no mechanical sense to discovery at all. Right. Uh, who puts so a, that, who puts an axis? Who <laughs> who puts an axis by the saucer section and the engineering section like that? Where the saucer section goes wee spinning around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm sorry, looks, Axel. And that, Axel def that definitely looks like it would um, interfere with that huge cavernous center of the ship that they had that 30 mile chase in in the turbo lifts. Yeah, it, there was really no room for that that turbo lift scene. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be the it might as well be the TARDIS. Re. Huh? Just add re. re. Ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, still, sci that's something that could use a serious remastering. Just saying. Just saying. Now, usually. Oh, Discovery you, should, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that one. The pullback. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. You're better than this, guys. 
That's like, generally been one of the few things that people haven't criticized you too much about is your special effects are generally pretty good. So that's the only thing they have to rely on. I, I mean, again, my argument is it's almost as if writers like in the past couldn't rely on special effects to get their story across and actually had to write well. I think there, there's, you know, it's it's one of the criticisms that Lucas got for special uh, for the um, prequel series Prequels. that they were too exactly. heavily reliant on special effects. Exactly, and that is the that that's the same thing that we're dealing with here. Like, you want to get grit, you want to get a real story, you got to put you got to put uh, limits, like you know, uh, artificial limits on someone. So that they could work with what they have. And that is when you get the most innovation. <laughs> like if you get if you. All right. Here's my point. Here's my point. Can't wait. You go. You go to the grocery store. And you're given all the different t- kinds of food in the world. In front of you. And you can only pick three. What are you going to do? But if you are given four kinds of food and you can only pick three, how long will it take you to pick your three out of those two situations? Um, probably both longer than you would think. God damn it. Don't do this. Don't shit on my point. You do it to mine all the time. Don't shit on my point. You know exactly when you would pick. You know exactly how long it would take for each time, meaning which is longer. Which well, which situation yeah. would take you a longer time? Should be the million and three choices. Exactly, because you're going to even all these choices, and you have the tragedy of the commons, and you can't figure out. All right, what I'm going to start counting do. those. Okay, the tragedy of the commons. Yes. Okay, please do. But you make do with what you have when you have only three tools out of four. To make something that is not even possible with the four tools that you're given. Well, I seem to recall uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse had a, a little icon that had all oh, the tools toodles. you could... <laughs> That's a special gift. That's a special tool we keep for later. Yeah, that all... When you listen to that again, <laughs> it just doesn't sound like... It doesn't translate well. 10 years later. No. God, I used to watch that show all the time with my son. My daughter oh my loved God. that too. Yeah. She loved... But I hear Disney's going to digitally remaster it. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's already in HD. <laughs> Come on, admit it. Admit it. Disney will reimagine, reboot. And remaster uh, everything they own. Yes, they do. I'm just waiting for the Revenge of the Sith remaster where there's the gratuitous Wookiee love scene. No. Oh, no. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's not do that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's mostly Star Trek and Star Wars that get this treatment because... They're huge franchises. Well, it was Star Wars that started it off. 
because you have you have an independent owner of the entire franchise. You have an independent owner of the most uh, famous and highly respected uh, special effects company in all of Hollywood, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he could do what the hell he wanted. And fine. I don't. I, and again, I don't disparage him for doing it. I, I'm, I welcome him doing it. He treaded new ground by using those special editions as experimental playgrounds for the prequels. Oh, yeah. And he's an innovator. He innovated for the prequels. Like, he showed us amazing things. Yeah, I mean, he showed us amazing things with the prequels. And his one lament when it came to The Force Awakens was, there's nothing new here. It does. There's nothing revolutionary. It's just the same. Uh, no, no, there was something new. To quote the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond, Ray's here! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I even laughed too hard at that. <laughs> I wasn't knocking on the character. I just needed to throw. I know no one's no one's knocking on Ray. Actually, I walked away. I walked away pretty satisfied with Ray as a character in in um, Force Awakens. And I turned to my wife and I said, "You know what? I really appreciated that they didn't over sexualize her. No, they just overpowered her." They overpowered her, but I was I was happy with her non sexualization. No, she was pretty asexual, to be honest with you. And I I was fine with that. I I actually appreciated that. In fact, barely anybody had any love going on. In the, there was the really no love in in the sequel trilogy. Not maybe it's because the prequel po, trilogy killed love. Well, Poe Poe with. Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, the girl from Felicity. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, Where he, uh, he looks at her and he goes... Z- Zori? No, no. Yeah, Zori. Zori Ziff or whatever. Zori, Zori Riff or... Um... Kelly Russell? Carrie, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah. And, and he looks at her and he goes, hey. And he cocks his head to the side like, hey, do you want to? And she, like, shakes her head no. And it's like... Dude, you're in the middle of like a whole bunch of like crowd. <laughs> right. And that's all you're doing right now. Okay. Well, there were people who thought that Finn and Poe were going to be openly gay. Uh, there were some hints that maybe Finn and Ray uh, were going honestly, to. <laughs> the access media thought that Finn and Poe were going to be openly gay. The access media also thought that Ray was going to be gay. I mean, it, like it's the access media that does all that stuff. Look, and it, and it's fine as long as it's organic. Don't and don't. It wasn't, and it wasn't. Don't force things. <laughs> okay, you you don't need to force things. Okay. I mean, no, I, to be honest with you, it. why isn't Chewie getting any love? Chewie deserved all the love. He deserved a goddamn hug from Leia. Yeah. Hashtag justice for Chewie. God damn it. And he never got that hug. His best yeah. friend goddamn died. And <laughs> she hugs Ray. Luke didn't even hug him. Oh, God. Somebody, hashtag somebody hug Chewie. You're absolutely right. Chewie got the short end of the... He didn't get the goddamn medal. He didn't get two hugs. 
from from close friends. Like, what the Not fuck even, is wrong with the writers? C-3PO didn't even give him an HJ either, and that's no, just well, not right. As we all know, as is custom with a custom customary droid, you know. Right. Uh, a protocol. As droid. is protocol. As is protocol. <laughs> I mean... Put a pin in this topic. Not that topic, but Chewbacca. Put a pin in Chewbacca. Okay. Uh, so, we talked about digitally remastering. We talked about colorization. We talked about, I mean, how they even redid music and, and stuff prior. But It was a very short-lived era for that stuff. Honestly. Well, they're still they'll still remaster. I mean, you'll see. I mean, remastering Superman... for. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, but that was not... still that era. Well, let's not forget complete remake, like the the Snyder the Snyder cut. That was different. I mean, the 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 director's cuts where the director says, "Oh no, this is it," and they put their shit together. And sometimes it's a different movie, like the Donner cut of Superman two or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Which still feels like they're missing shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll explain. I'll explain the Donner cut, and I'll explain the Zack Snyder cut. The Donner cut was right at the tail end of the whole special edition craze, right? And there was this, you know, fairy tale about how Richard Donner was kicked off of filming Spider uh, Superman Two. I almost said Spider Man. Uh, Superman Two. What and. We all know that he was filming Superman 1 and Superman 2 back to back. That was yes done because we saw Zod and his minions being sentenced at the beginning of the first movie. Um, by the way, horrifically ambitious for the time and, and, and age, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I mean, it, that's. I mean, people still believe that Richard Donner's. Uh, Superman is one of the best superhero origin movies of all time. Absolutely, yeah, it did. It did. It was genuine, and it worked out. Now he was kicked off halfway through Superman two, uh, and they redid it, and they remade Superman one to have the ending that Superman two was supposed to have, which was Superman two was supposed to go around the Earth. I have, did you ever see the Donner cut? Mm. I own it. I have it. Probably. Basically, he goes, he does the going around the earth the opposite direction to reverse time to fix yes. everything. I've seen but that. But that was in, that was in the second movie. It was never supposed to be in the first movie. Like, Superman was supposed to save everyone in the first movie in some form or another. He wasn't supposed to see Lois die and then go back in time. So that being said, we got to see what the Donner cut would have been, but not fixing the first movie, which would have been his original vision two. So, but that was, that was in 2004 or 2005 when that came out, that was at the tail end of the whole special edition stuff and crap. Zack Snyder's thing was an AT&T decision where, there was a vociferous fan demand for the Zack Snyder thing. 
And AT&T wanted to give eyes to HBO Max, which did not catch on right away. No. And and so they were like, well, you're let's already get in. paying for fucking HBO. Exactly. Well, I, I got HBO Max because I had HBO, but I mean, it's the same thing. Um, but so AT&T was like, all right, well, let's pay for the Zack Snyder edition, another $50 million. Let's pay for him to finish it. And that's what they did. And that was a selling point to get more people to HBO Max. That wasn't a restore or anything. It was a sales point. Again, I mean, again, it all comes back to money. I know. But this wasn't about the sanctity of the original Snyder Cut. This wasn't about the money the, from the fans. It was. The, it wasn't even that. I mean, this wasn't even about honoring the original author. This was just corporate overlords saying, "All right, we've heard enough complaints. Go ahead and do this. We're going to give you this amount of money. Work with what we give you." And whereas Lu- George Lucas used all the money that he wanted because it was all that was money. his. Exactly. Hashtag Lucas Lives Matter, folks. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a little different than what was going on with Star Wars. So, yeah. Boom. And again, let's all point out that the, 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 the first six Star Wars movies were independent films. They were not studio films. Because <laughs> George Lucas used all of his money from uh, American Graffiti and uh, THX 1187. Did you say Star Trek or Star Wars? I probably said Star Trek, but I meant Star mm-hmm. Wars. Well, I mean, they were put produced by Fox, or they were at least distributed by Fox. They were distributed, but they weren't they weren't funded by Fox, because mm-hmm. George Lucas was in that class of uh, film merchandisers. Nah, they were they were in the 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 postmodern era where it's like we want to own this. But that's where he made his money, though. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, there was no idea of merchandising a film at that up until that point. But he had a vision. And again, like a fox, he did it. So all, you know, again, every genius is, everyone's a genius until they're not a genius anymore. Think about it like that. Well, so what do you think? Overall, pros and cons. What do you think overall on the idea? Did we change you off your mark or not? I'm not changed off of my mark. I I welcome I welcome changes to the original artwork as long as it's from the original auteur. I know it's very pretentious for me to say auteur, but stop saying that. Author. I'll say author. <laughs> as long as it's from the original author, I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't change the overall meaning of the original story. Maybe it'll enhance it a little bit, and that's fine. But keep the original work, because that was part of our history. And we can't forget what we had as part of our history. Oh, you mean like no matter how many times they do another fucking West Side Story? Exactly. We, we, we don't have to heave ho to Romeo and Juliet out the window? Exactly. Exactly. I've never seen West Side Story, by the way, but I uh, I guess uh, there was a song in it that I learned from the Oscars that I didn't know was in West Side Story, but is. I forget what it was, though. 
Yeah. I, oh shit. I don't care. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm. It, apparently, it did very well in the awards, and it was the it first. Did, it did not do very well. It did decently, but it did not do very well. Whatever. Again, not my thing. I'm not a huge musicals guy, um, unless it's either Mel Brooks or uh, Disney. It's about it. Or that's my oh, house. Tonight, tonight, na, 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 tonight. Oh, yeah. Please I did not to... know that it was West Side Story. I had Please no idea. Please remind me to punch myself in the face the next time I hear that song. <laughs> there are some people who love musicals, and God love you all. It's just not my. Team. I love musicals, but I don't love all musicals. Actually, I'm seeing yeah. Hamilton this Friday for the first time. Mm, I'm not big into hip hop, so it probably wouldn't hold my attention. I'm actually a little worried. This is the first musical where I'm sitting here going, like, am I actually going to enjoy it or not? Like, I saw Kiss Me, Kate Cold, and that came out in the 50s. I saw uh, Miss Saigon Cold. That was in London. If you just want a short version of all the musicals, just watch something by Seth MacFarlane. And he'll show tunes your ass to death one way or another. That is true. And if you can, get invited to his Christmas parties every December. Because those are epic. Seth MacFarlane? Oh, yeah. The, the guy even allows a Christmas party? He, he throws the Christmas so party. He throws the Christmas party. And he sings at the Christmas party with a 50-piece oh. band. The guy can sing. He can, and he shows it. And oh, everyone who's anyone in Hollywood goes to that goddamn party. Well, I'm somebody, but I've never been invited, so. Well, you are somebody, but not you are you are not someone. Sure I am. <laughs> Just because Seth has Seth hasn't invited me does not preclude me from that fact. My epicness, Well under his definition. I don't need a definition, dude. Epic, man. Epic. I understand. I understand. We're like the 18th best regional Star Trek, Star Wars, sci-fi podcast in the southern New England area. 17 and a half, actually. I don't know if you looked at the rankings lately. No, I was just (laughs) (laughs) But you're not wrong. So, <laughs> well, okay. So, if he ever decides to get Orville season three out there, we'll discuss it. Comes but out in June. That's what he said earlier this year. I know. Come out earlier this year. I know. I know. Hey, man, never, never go full Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hope that that show. I, I mean, I want more of it, but we're not going to get more of it. That sucks. Ah, uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So our overall topic was the remastering or special editions and stuff brought on by sci-fi and technology and everything. Sci-fi was a precursor and the overall uh, uh, catalyst to this uh you know, phenomenon 
of maybe where Hollywood they remaster can make more money or remake things ad nauseum. Uh, give special editions and then and then Hollywood realized, oh no, we can't do that anymore because South Park is gonna make fun of us. Right? I know. Speak because I can't hear you. That was the point. Yeah, no, I lost the, you. The old <laughs> the old twirling finger of whoop de doo. What were you what were you talking shit about me about? I was not talking shit about you. Oh. Well, you lost an opportunity then. Meh. I'll have more. <laughs> well anyway, I um Huh. Well, how do you want to wrap this up? Tune in next time, folks, where we Examine well, Max. Well, we gotta have a, like a parable or like a bow on it. God damn it! Like <laughs> you can't leave it open ended. Like honestly, all right. Well, here I'll I'll go. Here is my overall assessment. I will always protect the original because we need to know what our history is. But if the author wants to do something a little different to what they had in order to show what they originally intended. I'm all for that. And I like to see both versions because both versions will mean something different to me. And they would do that to the, the audience as well. Agreed. So for we me, see the problem. For me, I, I just don't think we need to. Yeah, I think it's a mixed blessing. There's some part, some of it is very good. Like when you get the remastered version and it just makes things clearer, easier to hear. You know, so, you know, if you're able to clean up some gunk or maybe remove <laughs> some dude in jeans standing in the background <laughs> of your... Uh, maybe it's you know, up in a, sure. in maybe a, in a fantasy it. series. <laughs> well, it's kind of like taking an eraser down, you know, past your little nice uh, pencil sketch drawing, and you just kind of take out a few of those little rough parts that just makes it a little bit easier. Mm. nicer that's all i don't think you need to go full hog on a lot of it but i mean if you can digitally remaster it to like 5k or 4k or whatever the hell it is you know 10q whatever they do you can do it (laughs) and it makes it just if it, it just enhances the audio visual of the original then i'm good with that yeah if you can add in a deleted scene that may actually have added something to the film, again, don't have a problem with that. I've enjoyed extended versions of movies. I mean, not saying that, you know, I mean, the, if you ever watched the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, I mean, most of the stuff, you know, it was cut for mostly for pacing, but it really, you know, you get a little bit more character traits and stuff. Sure. You know, there's a few scenes in Marvel movies that you'll see, and you're like, you know what? This really should have been in this movie. You know, the Avengers had like four Captain America scenes that they cut, which I'm sure was for pacing, but would definitely have shown Cap furthers his struggles with, you know, uh, settling into the 21st century. Climatizing, yeah. 
Well, Ac- acclimating. Climatize is a bullshit, not a word. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I remember renting a special um, VHS. This is from the library, by the way, back in 99 of uh, The Wizard of Oz. And literally, it was the first time I had seen The Wizard of Oz in like 10 years or something. And at the end, they had like another 40 minutes on the VHS tape of like a documentary of the making of the movie and things like that. And it was, oh, yeah. um, and it was, uh, uh, narrated by like Barbara Walters or someone, someone of that caliber. Okay. And it wasn't Barbara Walters. It was some of that caliber. Maybe, maybe Julian, it wasn't Julie Andrews anyway, but it showed a scene where the scarecrow was doing this big song and dance when he first meets Dorothy. And it's with a, a jack-o'-lantern head that's rolling down the road and he catches it and stuff like that. And it's mentioned like this was edited out for time because it felt like the movie was running too long. But now in the age of home video and home entertainment, how long is too long for these movies? And this was back in 1999. Fair enough. And I mean, we got the Snyder Cut that was four and a half hours long. <laughs> that was goddamn long. Which apparently had the number one fan moment for the Oscars. <laughs> with the Flash going into the Flash Zone or whatever. The Speed Force. <laughs> Speed Force. I don't get it. Like, I watched it. It was good, but it wasn't better than all the Avengers coming out of the portal or all no, the Spider-Men not, showing up on the top of the not, Statue of Liberty. Nope. It was, it, I mean, first of all, it should have been all the Avengers assemble, then Spider-Man, then maybe the Flash. But again, BS. It just proves that the Oscars are just... It's BS. The Oscars are BS. They mean nothing. Yeah, so that being said, my friend, I think we have reached the culmination of this episode. So you're thinking that's the end, huh? Mm. I have spoken. You have spoken. This is the way. So with that being said, everyone, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working so long, folks. And also, stay away from the special edition of E.T. Yeah, this is T.T. Cabman. We'll see you on the high ground. And look towards next year where you'll see the special edition of this show. Where you actually look like we know what we're doing. Take it easy. That's never gonna happen. Hey, you stay classy, (laughs) San Diego. And we'll see you on the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by AlphaSight Productions, produced by DT Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.